0: In Puerto Rico, you can forget where you came from and embrace where you are. Puerto Rico, where visits end, but stories last forever. No passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent
1: residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com.
2: When I found out I was going to be a parent, I immediately felt a lot of anxiety and worry. So I went on to BetterHelp to try to look for a therapist to help me with that. My relationship with my family and with my boyfriend and with myself were suffering. I really needed help. I was ruminating a lot. Really getting those thoughts out to a therapist and getting feedback was just life-changing.
1: If you're thinking of giving therapy a try, visit BetterHelp.com stuff today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash stuff.
2: Welcome to Stuff You Should Know from HowStuffWorks.com.
3: Chuck, 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 before we get started, we should tell everybody we have a brand new animated web series that's awesome.
0: Yeah, they're animated shorts uh, by this dude that was a fan, started mm-hmm. out as a fan, Nick yeah. Shone, and said, hey, I'd like to do this for you, and we hired him. And he's done 10 episodes. Dude, he's amazing. It's really very cool, actually. He's
3: one of the most astute um, animators I've ever seen in my entire life. Like, he, just little pauses and things like that that I wouldn't have noticed we did. Yeah. He totally gets and then just exaggerates through animation. It's pretty amazing stuff.
0: Yeah, and the reaction to these so far have been great. People seem to really like them. And so we wanted to get the word out on the podcast. Just go to stuffyoushouldknow.com and click on the uh, videos Tab And you're going to see one, and they're going to release one each Monday for the next 10 weeks. That's right. And uh, it's pretty awesome. Right. I think you'll enjoy
3: it. Hopefully it'll keep going on longer than 10 weeks, too, if uh, Sean's arm doesn't give out. Agreed. Yeah. Well, um, so uh, thanks a lot to Nick Sean for the just amazing animated series he's delivered to us. And uh, thank you in advance for watching it at stuffyoushouldknow.com.
0: Yeah, share it with some friends. Yeah. yeah.
3: What's your problem. All right. Ready? Hey, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Josh Clark. This is Charles W. Chuck Bryant. He's in the best mood today. You just ruined my mood. Like you're, you're ten, grumpy today. Ten seconds before we recorded, um, I was heading in a good direction. I
0: didn't ruin mood. You room. reminded me of some task that we have to do tomorrow. Like why? Did, what could you have just wait until after we recorded to say those words?
3: just um, because. All right, that's okay. I like. I like. I wanted to get it off my chest.
0: That's Thursday, and you know what? Today is Tuesday.
3: You're going to be mad until
0: then? No, I'm, I'm saying I'm going to put off being mad again until Thursday. Oh, good.
3: Put, I'm on, a, put on a uh, sunshine face. <laughs> I'm back. Smiley? It's kind of hard in the serial killer lair. But God, I hate this place. <laughs> I hate this place. I'm going to use every bit of power that I have, which is not <laughs> yeah. much around here. Let me know how that works out. Get this changed.
0: <laughs> okay. At the
3: very least, can we turn the overhead fluorescent lights on? No, we don't want that on. Does it hard. not work?
0: No, we don't want that on. Are you sure? Well, I mean, what is... That would make it more serial killer light if there's, like, a agree. buzzing Let's fluorescent. I what it looks like. This uh. is nice.
3: All right, we'll turn it off. Thanks, Casey. Casey is our editor again. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, that's Chuck, and I'm Josh, <laughs> and this is Stuff You Should Know.
0: That may have been our most slapdash ever intro.
3: <laughs> uh, no, prepare for that one. Okay. Uh, are you familiar with a guy named Timothy McVeigh?
0: Um, I do not know him personally, but I am familiar with his work.
3: So, in 1995, yeah. he... Uh, Rented a truck, a rental truck, mm-hmm. packed it full of um, fertilizer, nitrogen-based explosives, yeah, and drove it, parked it next to the Alfred P. Murrah Federal Building in Oklahoma City, yep, and detonated it, and killed, um, oh god, 168 people, including uh, a bunch of kids at a daycare center in the building.
0: Yeah, I was, I remember seeing that as it unfolded. That was yeah. one of the few that. I was up early kind. when I was living in New Jersey. and
3: Do you remember the, the view of that building with just oh, the man. whole side missing? Horrific. It was horrific because, yeah. I mean, this is pre-2001, and this is at a time when yeah. it was like, terrorism happens in Beirut. Like, right. You just don't fly a plane from Germany to Beirut and you're going to be fine yeah. if you're in America. This was weird. I mean, like it was after the World Trade Center bombing, the first one, but right. that one hadn't gone very well. And I remember, yeah. I think America felt a little cocky.
0: This was the first big Homeland yes. incident that kind of shocked everyone, I think.
3: Yeah. So uh, Timothy McVeigh got away. It wasn't even a suicide bombing, right? Yeah. He got away. Within two hours, he happened to be pulled over for a traffic violation. And the cop said, you seem a little hinky, skinny. Um, let me search your car. And found some weapons and said, Are these, do you have registration for these? Yeah. And I'm sure Timothy McVeigh said some crazy thing like, I don't, I don't uh, see, I'm, I don't bow to your authority, pig, or something like that. Right. And, um, and the cops said, well, you're coming with me. Just on suspicion of, totally, of those things. Totally accidental. Yeah. It was totally happenstance, as Conger put it in this article. Yeah. That he was pulled over. But he was ultimately found out as the um, guy who blew up the federal building in Oklahoma City. Because while he was in police custody after being pulled over, a, um, a police sketch came across the wire. Yeah. And this police, uh, this I guess the highway patrol looked at it and said, you know what? This looks a lot like our guy. And in fact, it was. And this police sketch helped catch the Oklahoma City bomber. Yeah. Have you seen who it? was ultimately executed.
0: Have you seen the sketch?
3: Yeah. It's in the article. And it's There's actually it. like- It's pretty good. It, it is. At first glance, it's like, that's not that great. And then it, when you really start to look at it feature by feature, it's pretty close. Yeah. There's or like maybe two things that should have been changed.
0: Or when you look at other police sketches, you realize this one falls in the, what we'll learn later is a very small percentage.
3: Yeah. The 9%.
0: That are pretty darn accurate.
3: Yeah. And if you are in the mood for amusement, you can type in funny police sketches, bizarre police sketches. There's a lot of image galleries out there of just. There's no other way to put yeah. it. Really bad police sketches, and hilariously, some of them are in like they're. It's a photo of a police sketch in a newspaper, oh, really? so like they made it out yeah. and were disseminated. And and um,
0: yeah, yeah. Well, we'll learn there are varying levels of competency and artistic merit when it comes to these. Right. So that's probably where you get. Uh, did you ever see the ones where they did the literary characters? No. I think they gathered sketch artists to do some of the more famous literary characters based on their book descriptions.
3: That's awesome.
0: And, uh, it was pretty cool. Casey's nodding. Did you see that? It was awesome. It, it was like a big, you know, internet thing a couple of years ago.
3: Um, I have not seen it. I would like to. Like, what
0: I, is, what is the great Gatsby look like?
3: I'm in also, a sketch? F- I'm fond of those ones where they illustrate like, um, like with photo realism, a cartoon character, like oh, what yeah. they look like in real life, like those Beavis and Butthead sculptures. Those are so creepy. Aren't they?
0: And I think everyone looked at those and be like, wait a minute, I think I knew that guy. Exactly. <laughs> yeah.
3: yeah. Yeah. Um, so we shouldn't just lay, uh, we shouldn't start the whole thing out by making fun of police sketches, even no, though there no, are no. some really bad ones. Um, you could have a really genuinely talented artist. Sure. Uh, with, um, with a, a sketch pad in hand. Mm-hmm. And if the eyewitness isn't isn't giving it up well. It's not going to come anywhere close. Yeah, exactly. Ultimately, it comes down to the eyewitness. Yeah. The problem is is we're going to find out eyewitnesses are not very reliable. And so it's up to the um, the police sketch artist to figure out how to call information from the eyewitness. Yeah. That the eyewitness might not even know they know. The sweet science. That's boxing. Oh, that's right. <laughs> I've never understood why it's called sweet or science. It doesn't make any sense either way.
0: I think that's the whole point is they call it a science to combat the notion mentality. that it's just like two brawling guys. Hmm. That's like a lot more. Uh,
3: oh, sure. There's strategy. Yeah, sure. This like side. boxing. Not a big fan of MMA, but I like boxing. Agreed. Um, okay, so uh, police sketching has been around for a while. In fact, there was a there's an anecdote in here about a guy named uh, Annabelle Karachi. You should say him. Annabelle Karachi? Yeah. Who uh, was a 16th century painter, a good one too. And as a boy, he and his father were attacked by robbers um, on the road to Cremona. And Karachi said, you know what? I have a secret weapon you don't know about. I'm going to draw you guys.
0: Yeah, my hands.
3: Yeah, Exactly. Uh, And he drew the band of robbers, and Mm -hmm. apparently he did such a good job, the robbers were immediately identified, and the kid got his uh, father's stuff back.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. That's a great story, at least, whether it's true or not.
3: (laughs) Right. Modern police sketching came about around the time of Jack the Ripper, actually. Oh, yeah. There were a lot of uh, police sketches associated with the Jack the Ripper case, and that was actually one of the early, one of the births of forensic police work. Yeah. Yeah which was actually founded by a guy named Alphonse Bertillon.
0: Yes, in the 1880s in France, obviously, because from Josh's outrageous accent, uh <laughs> you could tell. So, this guy was a criminologist and he started uh, he became obsessed some say with notating these physical characteristics of various criminals. Right. And he would measure them, and measure their forehead, measure their arms and ears and just any like their anything, brain pans. <laughs> anything that stood out you know scars tattoos and uh it became known as criminal uh anthropometry and in 1884 the uh, police there in france nabbed 241 repeat offenders based on his notations yeah and from that people started saying you know what might be good to start noting what these people look like right and drawing them because that could help us.
3: Yeah. The, um, at first, he was just looking to find repeat offenders that kept coming in and out. Because this is prior to fingerprinting being a, a reliable technique. Sure. Um, but it eventually, like, yeah, people started to think hmm, maybe we should start using this one particular thing called sketching, police sketching. Yeah. To um, to create a, a what a, a, a an image of a suspect.
0: Yeah. A lead, perhaps. Exactly. And
3: yeah. we mentioned this guy in our um, crime scene photography episode mm-hmm. if you'll remember because he started that as well
0: oh yeah yeah same guy same guy wow we owe a lot to alphonse
3: yeah he was a he was an obsessive frenchman that we owe a lot to <laughs>
0: all right so a forensic artist these days um it sort of depends on what kind of outfit you're running with um it could because <laughs> they point out in here, here is this conger yeah um kristen points out that if you're in a sort of a small town it might just be a cop that draws better than the rest of the cops on the right. horse
3: exactly who is like a p- patrolman otherwise but yeah. is like oh we need somebody to to make this sketch and hey yeah. I, I took some art classes <laughs> you could draw Academy. that that
0: turtle uh, what, <laughs> what <laughs> is it turtle that? the pirate or yeah.
3: uh, <laughs> i can't remember the other thing what was that anyway it was for um art uh, mail-in art courses
0: and you had if you could draw it really well, you sent it in and what got what? Like, a break well you on send tuition? them
3: some money too, and and, oh, okay. and they would teach you how to draw even better. Gotcha. It was a mail in art art courses. I, know,
0: I always knew it was some sort of a scam probably, but not I never...
3: necessarily. There's I'm sure they taught you some <laughs> techniques. I I just remember that as like part of the simpler times.
0: Yeah, me too. You know? Sure. Like
3: if that was if that was the only scammy come on.
0: Yeah, that and sea monkeys.
3: Hey, like that's all you got to worry about. Those were real. <laughs> They're brine shrimp and they were alive. They were yeah, they were But they
0: don't have faces and stand around and chat yeah. like the little cartoon depicted. No. Um okay, so it might be a patrol officer that can draw really well. Right. Or a civilian contractor that's, you know, qualified. Although I I learned there is no um like official university degree that you can earn.
3: No, but you can go of to, you can go to the uh FBI. They yeah. have a training program for yeah. forensic art.
0: And a lot of private people uh private people teach this kind of thing too. So, um so it could be a private uh civilian contractor or it could be, you know, a full time, fully employed artist that you have on staff. Right. I guess if you got enough crime going on. Yeah. It might be good to pay that person on a yearly basis. Exactly. Instead of like, hey. We got a murder once every six months, you know. Like Atlanta probably has their own sketch artist, is what I'm guessing. I wonder. I bet they do, or more than one probably. Oh, I don't know. You don't think? No. <laughs> we'll have to look into this. Yeah, we need to find out. <laughs> a lot of crime in Atlanta.
3: Um, so, that if, if if you are a witness to a crime and you agree to do uh, to give some some eyewitness accounts mm-hmm. to a police sketch artist, you're going to find, um. Well, it's kind of like the lie detector test a little bit. Oh, yeah. It can be broken down into three parts. Never thought about that. And the first part is just like uh, what you will get when you go take a lie detector. That's rapport building. Sure. Where the police sketch artist is saying, like... Hey, how's it going? How are you feeling? You okay? Everything's yeah. good. You want some ice cream? Can I get you a Coca Cola? What's going on? My
0: name's Dave. This is a pencil, and this is a sketch pad. Right. Don't don't do be alarmed.
3: Make yourself comfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, you can you can throw those magazines anywhere. Yeah. Um, just uh, just have a seat. I'm I'm sorry. I'm an artist, and and these are my cramped quarters.
0: Right. I'm gonna go off and smoke some opium.
3: All right. I'll be right back. Let me go get my beret.
0: <laughs> uh, so that is part one, uh, wherein they disarm. And make the person feel comfortable. Yeah,
3: with opium. (laughs) That's right. That is not true. Uh, then what's the second part called? Uh, that is, um. Recall? It's free recall. It's basically like, tell me everything you remember about this person. And apparently most eyewitnesses start with the shape of the head or the hair. Usually the hair. Sure, that makes sense. Like if I were to describe you, I'd be like, well, he had fantastic hair. (laughs) (laughs) And a beard. Yeah,
0: and then. Drawn. Yeah, they would draw, uh, you know, Zach Galifianakis. Yes. He has great hair and a beard.
3: He does have nice hair, doesn't he? No,
0: it's thick, lustrous.
3: You could call it a mane. Yeah. It's has a mane. Uh, so, and the guy would be like, really, that's it? Yes. Yeah. The, the free recall's over? And yeah. you would be like, yes, let's move to part three.
0: Well, this is, but that's a perfect point, even though you're kidding around, about why I bet a lot of times these artists are just like, ugh come on, man. I'm really trying here. Right. But you're not giving me much besides horse face.
3: And apparently that's what a lot of people say. Oh, he had a horse face. Or he had bug eyes or something like that. Yeah. And again, part of the forensic artists, um, the sweet science, (laughs) right? (laughs) Part of their job is to say, okay, well, I kind of know what they're talking about and they can't just like draw bug eyes. They know that bug eyes also includes like a certain kind of bridge of the nose and like makes the cheekbones go this way or that. And so if you say bug eyes, it can be helpful to, if you're saying it to an experienced forensic artist.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the great skill, I guess, to draw those things out. Right. Literally. Uh,
3: and so that's part of free recall where the, the, the eyewitness or the victim says, you know, here's all the stuff I remember. Yeah. Buck, buck teeth, um, claw hands, um, <laughs> club foot, wearing like a high lace collar, uh-huh. like you'd see on like, uh, Emily Dickinson or yeah. something.
0: Yeah. Goiter, disco eye.
3: <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> uh, and then they say, okay, well, I'm, I'm glad you came up with all that. Really mean stuff to say about this, <laughs> this uh, perpetrator. Yeah. Let's, let but we didn't talk about the mouth. So tell me about the mouth. What did the mouth look like? Did it you know look, did it look like this? Did it look like that? That's cued recall.
0: Yeah, and they may bring out uh, pictures of other criminals in the database just to see like you know did he look like
3: this guy with a big nose or mm-hmm. this guy with a big
0: nose? Right. They might pull out celebrities and show them celebrities because I guess and the
3: person goes that's him. <laughs> it's Burt Reynolds. Right. He did this to me. <laughs>
0: But I guess that can help – I think people operate on those terms in this age of celebrity anyway because when someone says, you know, what's, what does your friend look like if I'm setting your friend up, and you would often say – you wouldn't say, well, he's got a horse face and great cheekbones. You would say <laughs> he looks like, you know, Josh Duhamel. Right. Because that's just the way we operate because everyone knows those faces. So it doesn't surprise me that they use that tactic. I'm with you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, man. It's sad, but it's – the way things are these days
3: well it's part of our the way we remember things as we'll see eventually yeah um so you've got the 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 interviews kind of done the cue recalls done um and the forensic artist has probably been kind of sketching it's a work in progress for sure right but as the work progresses the um the the eyewitness will probably be like oh yeah that's like starting to look like this person but maybe just change this a little bit change that and as they're, they, this, uh, this kind of fourth part where they're working together to mm-hmm. kind of carry out the details, um, that, that's when the sketch really starts to pop. Yeah. That's when they you. put like the, the, the yeah. shadow in the eye or something. He had like a third that. eye in the center of his forehead. I swear exactly. to God.
0: All right. So who, who are these people?
3: Well, again, you said that they might, may or may not be a full-time employee. And sure. They'd just be like a patrol officer who's good at drawing.
0: Or I guess what are their, what are their skills? Like if you're not a, an artist with a pen, you can use things like computers, right?
3: Well, yeah. You Sometimes you don't even have to have skills. So in 1959, a company called the Townsend Corporation introduced this thing in the United States called Identikit. Yeah. Still um, around. It, it is still around. Now there's Identikit 2000.
0: Yeah, it's version uh, 6.0 is what they're on.
3: So I, originally, Identikit was a wooden box that had a bunch of little, um, I guess, plastic, f- like, I, what is, no, what was it called where, uh, that you used on the overhead?
0: What? Oh, uh, like an overhead projector? Yeah, what would The you, transparencies? Yes, yeah.
3: transparencies. And then that transparency would have a certain type of eyebrows. Ah, uh, gotcha. And then another transparency would have a certain type of eyes, certain type of nose, and you had this, this literal toolkit of facial characteristics that anybody you didn't have to draw anything you just like, construct a face oh, did, the, did the eyebrows look like this yeah yes and then you construct a face like that that's pretty cool it, it is pretty cool but it also created some pretty laughable um Im- images uh, yeah and we should say th- that, that that is what's called a composite image it's like a bunch of different stuff put together you could also call a composite image if a police sketch artist interviews a bunch of different eyewitnesses and then calls it all together yeah. that's a composite image as well
0: boy i bet that's frustrating yeah. You know, cause people see things so differently. It's like, he had a small nose. He had a huge nose. Right. And the guy's just,
3: the artist, the lady of the dude is just like, oh my God. Right. right. When is it five o'clock? I, I witnessed so <laughs> I know. much. Um, so you've got Identikit. You have, that was the, the first one. Um, and they've kind of expanded on that ever since then and entered the, the realm of computer software. And there's basically like a, um, division among forensic artists. Sure. Computer or paper. And a lot of people say, why not both, man? Yeah. So, um, for example, there's a guy in the NYPD, uh, who uses nothing but, um, pencil and paper. His Old name's school. Stephen Mancusi. Mm-hmm. Then there's a guy named Roderick Scratchard, who, um, works for Philly. And he basically creates a composite of all, like a computer composite of all the, the features. Yeah. And then he draws a sketch from that composite and, um, both of them kind of have in common the idea that a hand-drawn sketch yeah. is better than a computer composite, and the FBI actually agrees.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's my first question was, why would this guy draw it after he's done the computer composite? Yeah. Because they found there's about a 4% greater likelihood of it being accurate when it's hand-drawn.
3: Yeah, it, 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 it gives the ability to add more nuance. Sure. And apparently computer software is getting better and better at that, but you still can't compare to a really good hand-drawn yeah. composite sketch.
0: And, and those numbers are right. Sadly, 9% of the time for hand-drawn and 5% of the time, do you create what ends up being uh, in terms of what?
3: Uh, being accurate in terms of like producing an image yeah. that looks like the suspect. Right. That's recognizable as, yeah, that's that person.
0: Yeah, so it's not like they take the percentage on the number of people who, or the number of sketches that it actually led to a... An apprehension. Right. But that's probably way lower, even.
3: That's the only way to, to create this estimate is by taking a police sketch yeah. and then taking a picture of the guy who was eventually caught for this and comparing yeah. them. Yeah.
0: They have a good website that um, that I found today that had some of the more famous, you know, killers and then their police sketches, and a lot of them are pretty good. Yeah. You know, close. Yeah. And that's what, what you're gunning for, you know. You can't do a photo reel picture of someone because, as we're about to learn, People's memories suck,
3: right? So, uh, like we said, if you have a really great police sketch artist and a really bad eyewitness, you're not going to produce a recognizable sketch. Um, and the reason why eyewitness eyewitness testimony um, is so unreliable is basically like what you were talking about earlier, like when you're saying like you set your friend up with somebody else, and you don't say they have bug eyes or a horse face; they <laughs> look like who?
0: Uh, I said Josh DeHommel. Okay. And, hey, and
3: if that's the case, ladies, you're in luck. <laughs> He's hunky. The reason we do that is because we use what's called recognition memory. Yeah. Where we we look at someone's face as a whole. Mm-hmm. We look at the forest rather than the trees. Yeah. If we were to look at it as the trees, the, what the eyes look like, what the eyebrows look like, what mm-hmm. the nose looks like, what the mouth looks like, and broke it down into those component parts, that would be recall memory. Yeah. And it would pretty much be perfect. Our yeah. recall memory requires, like, almost no priming. Recognition memory does require priming. So you could say, did he look like Brad Pitt? Right. Well, kind of, but he also he looked like Brad Pitt with Steve Buscemi's eyes. And then the <laughs> sketch artist goes, whoa.
0: Yeah, it's like uh, that Conan O'Brien thing they do. Yeah. If they made it. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
3: Um, that's that's um, That would be a composite sketch.
0: Yeah, and that's why if... Like, I could see Josh Duhamel walking down the street, and and my heart would flutter. Right. But if I sat down with a sketch artist and had to describe Josh Duhamel for him to sketch, it would probably end up looking more like Josh Clark, which is even hunkier.
3: Thanks, man. (laughs) But, yeah, it probably wouldn't look anything like Josh Duhamel. You know, like,
0: I, I started to think about when I read this, like, they used Brad Pitt in the article. Like, how would I describe Brad Pitt besides, you know, handsome and and. Sort of looks like Robert Redford. He's starting to a little bit, isn't he? I think he always has,
3: especially as Benjamin Button.
0: Boy, that movie was sad.
3: It was good. Did you like it? Yeah, I liked it. I, I didn't. I had a hard time. Very touching.
0: It It was touching, but the whole time it was just like the inevitable sad conclusion was just looming.
3: You know, what's weird is the um, that's the second time F. Scott Fitzgerald's come up because he wrote that short story. Oh, really? Yeah, I don't think I knew that. One episode two f scott fitzgerald what appear. was the first reference you said that um uh the great gatsby was drawn oh. by a police sketch artist look at that i uh, see i told you i'm paying attention that time you took me to the side and you said <laughs> you need to pay attention while we're podcasting <laughs> that is i said i true. am and i just proved it <laughs> all right game off let's pause here to talk more about monopoly go
0: Okay, we can so, put that one to rest. <laughs> so hold on.
3: So we we're talking about memory, right?
0: Yeah, and how it stinks for the most part. If and, you're, a, well, it stinks in general, but especially if you're the victim of a crime.
3: Right. Um, that's a good point. I think you should make it.
0: Yeah. Well, you're stressed. Yeah. It happens very fast. Right. You're probably not thinking, "All right, I got to get a good look at this perpetrator's face and features." You know.
3: And have you ever noticed that uh, in like a convenience store, if you look at the door frame inside, uh-huh. it'll say like. Four, five, six, seven. Oh, really? You, you know that's four. Well, I do now, but I never knew it existed. That's exactly what it's for. It's for when a perpetrator yeah. runs out, the person can just very easily, at the very least, get the guy's height.
0: Well, now every convenience store robber is just going to like get small as they exit.
3: I guess so. <laughs> or jump. <laughs> He's between four and seven feet tall. Right. Um. So they, huh, that's, that's a great tidbit. But yeah, if you are if you are the victim of a crime, you're not going to recall it very accurately. Yeah. Um. And uh, one of the reasons, also, is Conger points out, that to create a, a long term memory, it has to undergo consolidation. Yeah. Which means we have to file it away, and the neural pathways that that memory follows uh, have to basically be strengthened over yeah. and over again. Uh, and that requires thinking about that person, which you might not want to do. Sure. So a strong memory may never be created, um, which means that the eyewitness account may be flawed from the start. Yeah. It that's might. A good point. It might not even be there. If it is there, it's also subject to a lot of infiltration by uh, unreal memories. Yeah. Like. um there's there's some work that's going on. Like they used to think that once a memory was consolidated, it was done. Right. Apparently, the guy who came up with that won the Nobel Prize for it. Mm-hmm. Um, they've recently proven or shown that that's probably not the case. That every time we remember something, uh-huh. we're actually taking all of its constituent parts from the different parts of our brain where it's stored and yeah. putting it back together. And when we do that, it's subject to infiltration. Um, so like if you are a victim of a bank robbery. And you're remembering the bank robbery. Uh-huh. You may also inadvertently remember a scene from a movie about a bank robbery, and that detail might enter and become part right. of what you think is the actual event that you witness. Right. That's a big problem with eyewitness testimony: is our recall is very fa- It's flawed. Huh.
0: Yeah. You know, the other problems is is just eyesight being yeah. poor is one of the fundamental basics. I wrote. Another article called, Why Are Eyewitnesses Unreliable? Yeah. And uh, they did a study in uh, University of Virginia, and it's not surprising. They found that participants over the age of 60 performed, uh, performed much worse than younger people. Right. But what's scary is the older eyewitnesses were more adamant than the younger ones. So, like, they would have the face wrong but be, like, you know, super adamant. Right. That was what he looked like, I, I never swear. never forget a face. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It sounds like something some old guy would say. Yeah. Um. And then they did some testing with uh, eyewitnesses, and they found that even if you have good eyesight, just 10 feet away, you may not be able to tell what color a person's eyes are. From 200 feet away, the eyes themselves like are just a blur. Uh, at 500 feet, you probably won't be able to recognize any facial features at all. Right. And if that sounds like, you know, big D, 500 feet away, there have been convictions of 500 feet away eyewitness accounts. Yeah based on that, you know. convictions convictions based on that. So Yeah, what it's about Scary?
3: 12 Angry Men. Yeah. Good movie.
0: Yeah, it's a great movie.
3: Um they've come up with this uh this thing called DNA phenotyping that actually is showing a little bit of promise at least in theory. Yeah. If a suspect leaves behind some sort of um usable DNA of some sort. Um you could test it and you could say, "Oh, well, the suspect has brown hair, brown eyes." And is probably... um, Caucasian. Right. Um, So at the very least, you have that set. And then if you could add to that eyewitness testimony... That's a good
0: one-two punch, I think.
3: Yeah, but it's still in its infancy.
0: So we've talked about sketching criminals. There are other things, if you're a forensic artist, that you do that you probably don't think about a lot, but you see it a lot. Like, for instance, this child was abducted when they were uh, six and... Here is what they might look like today at 16. Right. So advancing or a criminal who has been on the lam for 15 years. On the lam. Or here's what they might look like with a beard. It's believed that they've grown out their hair and this is what they might look like now. (laughs) Here's what they might look like as a clown. (laughs) Exactly. Here's what they might look like as a clown under your bed. (laughs) Um, So that's called age progressed imagery. Um, And then they have reconstructive imagery when you have an unidentified body that's decayed quite a bit. Right. And sometimes it'll be sculpture even that they'll try and put together what the person amazes me. Yeah, it's so cool.
3: And I've never figured out how they know where to put the points. You know, the little points that stick off of the skull that they use as like a guide, a structure for the putty. How did they figure out how long it should be, where it should be? I guess it's just a decision by the yeah. artist.
0: Or was this person really fat? Because your skull wouldn't be this yeah. any different. But you know? it's
3: just, it blows me away, man. I but bet
0: they there's a lot they know as far sure. as, I bet it's not just like surmising. And
3: they're not telling. No, you could probably find out.
0: Take one of these courses.
3: It's- so, uh, oh, and then there's also ones where they um, basically touch up photos of really, really gruesome dead bodies if they need to show the public something. Yeah. Um. Chuck, if only 9% of hand-drawn police sketches uh, are recognizable as the actual suspect, and even fewer are uh, computer-generated sketches do, Mm -hmm. or are, what's the point of police sketching?
0: I was about to say there's no point, but there is a point, because (laughs) what it does is, like I said, it provides a lead, it publicizes the crime, it gets a face out there, even if it's And this is me talking here. Even if it's only 9% accurate, it's probably not so inaccurate that, you know, it's probably in the wheelhouse as far as, you know, some features. So it's like, this is a white guy who had dark hair and bug eyes. Exactly. So at least that puts you in the wheelhouse in most cases, I would
3: say. So also, if w- the witnesses all agree, oh yeah, he had a huge scar across his face. Well, that helps. Um, just seeing that in print, the suspect has a scar across his face. Yeah, might not do the same as seeing it, even just on a rudimentary drawing. Yeah, of the the scar and maybe the direction it's going in and maybe how long it is, that's going to help tremendously as well. Because you know we're visual creatures.
0: That is certainly true. Sure. So I, d- I did look up a little bit of the schooling, and there are all kinds of courses. That one guy, the. Uh, Pencil and paper guy, Mancusi? Yeah. I think he has his own um, website. Nice. It's very outdated, but he teaches courses. Cool. So if you're listening out there, uh, you should update your website. <laughs> you might get a little more. Boy, what was that one website we went to? Oh, it was uh, the cryogenics one, remember? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was one of the worst websites I've ever seen. That was pretty bad. Uh, but this lady, Karen Taylor, is a forensic artist, and she says that, you know, besides the FBI, there are all kinds of courses you can take. Uh, You probably should have some artistic merit to go into it. Otherwise, why would you even be interested in it to begin with? And it can involve sculpting, model making, computer graphics, animation even. So they're doing all sorts of stuff. You can work with uh, anthropologists and dental specialists and other forensic scientists. It's yeah, like you, a team effort sometimes.
3: You know that, um, you mentioned animation, you know those, those Chinese, um, I guess state television news where they do like the CGI recreations of oh, I haven't seen that. big news stories. Yeah, they did one, remember? It's like anime or? No, it's, yeah. um, it's almost like, uh, like instruction manual art. Oh, right. Um, but they, uh, it's <laughs> anime. That'd be awesome. Um, they, uh, they did one for that's, st- the steward the sky steward the um flight attendant guy yeah. who like told everybody to go to hell and then like grabbed two beers and slid down the chute oh yeah yeah steven something remember him uh-huh they did one for that for some reason normally it's like crimes <laughs> that they they do it to but they did it for that one it's weird but i imagine like you you would be a forensic artist in that sense cuz you're just taking a recounting of the of the episode and drawing it yeah Hey, do
0: you ever make note when you see something you think might be shady going yes, on? Yeah.
3: Especially license plates.
0: Yeah, I do that. I do license plates and I look at people and think, This guy looks shady and I'm just gonna take an extra glance and notice that he's tall and has long blonde hair and uh a horse face. Sean and- Sean White <laughs> It's never come up. But you never know. I think you should you owe it to the world to be like a Vigilant citizen
3: and a no CPR. Yeah, don't be a dummy. That's true. Uh, let's see. You got anything else? No, sir. D.B. Cooper, great police sketch. Who knows if that's what he looks like though? Unabomber. Eh. Yeah, they didn't give him much to go on. Though. Like anybody him with him. a hoodie and sunglasses, yeah. pretty much. Which anybody who wears a hoodie and sunglasses now looks like the Unabomber. Yeah, they got the
0: nose wrong though, big time. And
3: it's hairy. He had like a Jerry curl in it, like a perm.
0: Yeah. His nose, the real Unabomber's nose, was, like, really bulbous, and this nose was just, you know, it was a nice
3: nose. Uh, anything else? No. Okay. That's police sketches. You can type those words into the search bar at HowStuffWorks.com. It will bring up this great article, and um, you can see some police sketches in it, including the one of Timothy McVeigh with a photo of him side by side. Um, and uh, I said, uh, search bar in there somewhere. So it's time for a word from our sponsor. <laughs> All right, now listener mail.
0: Josh, I'm going to call this, We Laughed, He Cried. (laughs) My name is Luke. I'm currently a junior at Grand Valley State. Uh, I'm a bottle deposit broke student, which I guess that's a term for when you turn in glass bottles for five cents. I guess so. So I guess he's also in the 1950s. (laughs) Uh, About 97% of the time, I'm broke. Because of this, I, I got a job at the beginning of the school year making hunting knives. And I just want to thank you both for giving me eight stitches and a trip to the emergency room. I always have the iPod preloaded with a variety of uh, Stuff You Should Know episodes, so I'm prepared for any situation of sheer boredom. It was while I was listening to Why Does Music Provoke Emotion that Josh made me laugh so hard I was sent to the ER.
3: Oh, wow. That's really something.
0: 33 minutes and 42 seconds into the episode, Chuck... You uh, had just officially introduced Ben Lee to the audience, our musical guest. I was sitting on a bench using a belt sander to sharpen blades when Ben said, All right, well, I can't wait to hear what y'all have been talking about, Ben. Uh, Chuck manages to keep it cool, but uh, Josh loses it and starts immediately laughing hysterically. I don't remember that, I guess because we did it in two parts, and it was clearly faked. Yeah. And you just couldn't keep it together. Yeah. I don't remember that, though. Uh, like always, Josh, your laugh triggered my own laugh, and I... Was laughing so hard that my uh, left knee jerked up to my chest, only to be stopped by the belt sander. Oh, man. Caught my lower thigh and sanded a hole so big in my leg, you could see the muscle in the meat. Oh. (laughs) This is your fault, dude. I never admitted to my employer that it was you guys that made me laugh so hard, but a trip to the ER and eight stitches later, I still can't listen to that clip without laughing out loud. Really love the show. No hard feelings at all. Good. Uh, A trip to the ER is uh, good for a person every now and again. I disagree, by the way. Yeah, really. You should really. That's never a have terrible do philosophy. That. Yeah, uh, and my parents aren't too happy about the hospital bill, but what's done is done. Well, thanks
3: for covering for it.
0: Keep up the good work, and if you feel a desire, I would not deny a free T-shirt. Uh, that is from Luke Newman, and if we can dig up a T-shirt, Luke, I'll send it to you because you can you,
3: find them on Discovery Store, but they ain't free.
0: <laughs> I might try and dig one up for this kid. That it's is very like nice. He was legitimately injured because of
3: yeah thanks thanks again for covering for us Luke and thanks for writing and we're glad you're okay seriously we do think you should reconsider your trip to the ER every once in a while is a good thing idea though uh, let's see uh, if you want to let us know how we've made you injure yourself in a lighthearted way I hope there's not a lot of the stories I would hope not yeah. um, you can uh, tweet to us at SYSK podcast you can join us on facebook.com you should, uh, slash stuff you should know Email us at stuffpodcast at and visit us at our website, stuffyoushouldknow.com.
2: For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit howstuffworks.com.